quality time is where we are in our five love language study um, this morning. But if you have, we're going to get into this in just a second. If you have your green piece of paper that you're handed, I want to cover a couple things. Uh, just a reminder, if you open it all the way up, uh, the three weeks in March, the fourth today, this week, next Sunday, and the 18th Sunday, those weeks, first three weeks of this month, we do have connect groups. There's the list of where they are, when they meet, the addresses. If you have any questions, um, let me know, or you can call those numbers on there and ask questions. Um, on the right side, the second thing down under Celebrate Recovery, we have uh, Annie Armstrong Easter offering. Um, we're, there's, uh, there's envelopes out in the lobby if you'd like to give to that. Um, it's, this, is, this is an offering for home missionaries. That means that they're in North America. And we can, we can sponsor them through our partnership with them. And underneath that... Because we have some professional skaters in our church. Uh, we have designated a day for them. Actually, no, it's for everybody. Uh, underneath that, skating day, March 24th, okay, 3 p.m. Uh, at the Bonanza Rollerama in Mount Vernon. This is a connection-sponsored event. We're renting the place out. Everybody that comes, invite friends. We're paying for everybody that skates. We just want to hang out with you. Okay, come and hang out with us. Uh, skate. You can hold on to the wall if you do that, or if you need one of those little PVC pipe things to push yourself around. It's no problem. Okay? Uh, or if you can do some of the cool dance moves on the roller skates. That Some of our church, it might be worth your time just to come and see how professional uh, the people of Connection are at skating. Um, we are on, my name is Matt, and I'm the lead pastor here at Connection. And uh, it was, I just want to tell you, it was just great um, to be... Sitting in, in the sanctuary a while ago and just spending quality time with me, with all of you, worshiping God together. And I don't and we're gonna talk about quality time. And yes, we're gonna talk about the quality time that involves um, how to love a spouse or a friend or somebody that you're in a relationship with. We're gonna talk about that quality time. But we're also gonna talk about the quality time that we need to spend with God. Uh, it was a joy. Uh, I I'm an emotional guy. If, you, if you're at Connection for longer than 30 minutes, you'll see that I'm an emotional guy. But I was just over there, and I, we even just sing those lyrics, there's no one higher, there's no one greater. And, and just the, the emotion of how good God is to me and how He has been to me just flooded over me. How much God loves me, that there's no one higher than Him. And if there's no one higher than Him, then I'm literally loved, and so are you, by the Creator of everything. You're special. And that's a quality time that... that that is very, very special and important in our walk with God. This morning we're going to talk about that quality time. Let me ask you a question. How many of you are glad to be here this morning? Wow. Now see, I can get a lot of hands raised because I'm up here and you're out there and you're like, oh, the pastor said, okay, just, okay. But really, inside of you, when you get up in the morning, this morning I woke up and I said, I cannot wait to get to church. Can't wait. Why? Because I know that God's here. I know that you're going to come. I know that there's going to be a bunch of people come. And I know that we're going to experience God and have quality time with God together. And it's important. Do you know why it's important? Because I need it. Well, you're the pastor. Don't you have like a room you go in and just you and God meet? No, actually that was destroyed when Jesus... um, Gave his life on the cross, and the Holy of Holies was where the, the curtain was torn, uh, and then and God's presence was everywhere. And you can have the same relationship with God that I have. We seek to have a better one. We seek to have one that's close. Guys do a lot of their com- conversing, just like ladies do. So ladies can't get off the hook. 
But I had a pretty serious conversation this morning while I was washing my hands in the bathroom. I mean, you see somebody, you're talking, okay. Um, it, but it's... And ladies... I don't know, my girls do. They're nine and six, and it's... They just... They're, if they're with their friends at school, it's just this herd of females that go. And I know that you guys talk, and guys talk in the bathroom too. But I talked about... I, I asked somebody how their week was on purpose. On purpose. I said, how was your week? And he said, I've survived. I said, isn't that sometimes a big deal? <laughs> That we just survive? It is a big deal. How was your week? Some of you right now, I'm already clicking on that cylinder. You're going, oh, he's going to ask me about my week. Well, it was about mm, 17 below 1 in a scale of 1 to 10, right? Some of, you, some of us are going to have had a rough week. Some of us had a great week. Um, how was your week? I know some people that, that are involved with connection and I also have a, a special friend and he uh, he's really important to me. <laughs> and he's been in the hospital for a long time. Last He's missed the last three Sundays in, in his job and he's a pastor. And he's also a church planning analyst for IBSA. And he's at Barnes Hospital right now and there's a lot of people in our church that need prayer and Ken needs prayer this morning. There is his his body internally is bleeding, and they stopped it. But he has to be on blood thinners because of his because of his heart. And whenever they put him on blood thinners, his blood got too thin, and it's, he's beginning to bleed again. And he specifically asked me this morning if I would pray with our church. Ken Wilson loves this church, and you may not even know who he is. But he loves this church. He, he has prayed with me for you in this church. So and I know there's other people, and, I'm, and God knows. I'm, I'm, going to, I'm just going to mention those people. But if you would agree with me in prayer this morning, we're going to ask God to do something special. That we have, that we just see healing. In not only Ken's life, but maybe your life this morning. Maybe you're, maybe you're going through a rough spot. Maybe you're going through some tough times. Maybe you have, you, God, what am I supposed to do? Would you go with me, him in prayer, please? God, we thank you so much for the ability to come here this morning. God, the ability for a created one from the Creator that we get to approach your throne of grace and mercy. We get to stand or lay face down spiritually in front of you, God, and ask you for you to do some serious work in our human lives. God, we have people in this room and that have come to connection before that have been affected by cancer. We have people in this room and, and have been involved with connection in whichever service, God, that have been with chronic pain. God, we have people like Ken Wilson. God, I just pray that you put your hand on him and these other people. Man, God, we have these people that are in just, they're struggling about going the extra step for you and moving your, their relationship with you. And God, would you just move in a way this morning that after we leave this place, that the only description would be, I was in the presence of God this morning. God, may the words of my mouth be yours. And may I make much of you and what Jesus did. We ask these things in your name. Amen.
you and I just spend about 30 to 45 seconds in quality time talking with our Father in Heaven. If you, if you say that Jesus is your Lord and God is Jesus' Father and you're in relationship with God, we just spent quality time with the Creator of the universe. Now, I don't know if that's a big deal to you, but He spoke. Spoke. <laughs> spoke. Anybody ever seen the Grand Canyon? Spoke. <laughs> spoke it. We have to understand how big of a deal this is, first of all. To want to spend quality time, the person that we spend quality time with is someone that we love. If we're not spending quality time with God in heaven, it says, it says to Him, He's not a priority. Some of you have been around Connection long enough and you can already understand the way this is going, that this is not an easy sermon to preach. Because it preaches to me and it preaches to you and it preaches to everybody about our quality time that we spend with God and why that's important in the five love languages because when we spend the quality time with God that we should, it will flow out of us into other people and be able to love them well. I'm excited about this list because I think that God has given me a list that will connect with every single person in this room currently right now. I think. Now, how has your week been? Has it been rough? Has it been tough? Has it been joyous? Has it been great? Did you inherit $5 million? Uh, did you do... Th- However it's been. Maybe it's a week of questions. Maybe it's a week of hardships. Maybe it's a week of, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, God, but will you just please let me know? How about this? If you encountered any of these things this week, this is what I want you to do. Okay, everybody have to practice this. You have to have the lips too. It's like... Okay? Mm-hmm. All right? Or you can do this. You know, did you know that laughter and smiling is contagious? But if I began to laugh and smile, I can look around the entire room and people that see this, they automatically want to smile. Let me see if I can see how your week was. Remember, you can respond to each one of these by mm-hmm. Or, okay? If you're visiting with connection, this is how we do church. It's very real. How about this? Did you get stopped by a train or trains, plural, this week? See, I'm expecting that one to be like, mm-hmm, praise Him, okay? That's what, I, that's what I was expecting. Have your children not gotten along so good? Have you had problems at work? Have you been hurt by someone's words or their actions? Have you hurt someone else? Have you been angry at something that you now think was such a small thing, but you made a big deal out of it? (laughs) You don't have to answer this one out loud. Especially if your mate's here. Okay, are you upset currently? I see a lot of faces like going. Are you upset currently? Did you have? Oh, did you have an appliance that decided it was time to go to appliance heaven this week? Did your car not start? Did your was your battery dead? Did you have car trouble? Did you break a window motor? Did you have car trouble? 
Did you not receive the news that you wanted to this week? Is your relationship not where you want it to be with those people that you're in relationships with? Has your boss been difficult to get along with? I wrote, I wrote down here. If you're your own boss, think about this one before you answer it out loud. <laughs> boss or coworkers? Listen, we work with people. Have you heard things and believed things about you that were lies from Satan? We talked about this last week. Fear, we, uh, they played the song before worship. Fear is a liar. Have you believed things about you that simply were not true and they were lies from Satan? Do you feel discouraged? Do you feel loved? Have you felt anxious? And do you feel uncertain? I'm pretty sure everybody in here can relate to at least one, if not many more, of those items this week. Life has happened this week. Seven days have happened since we were here last. Some of us saw cool things. Some of us saw uncool things. Some of us had a really good week and some of us had a really bad week. And since we're a really open church, I will be completely honest that even some of those... Did you know that Satan doesn't take days off? Oftentimes, oftentimes he works overtime on your days off. And he causes that family disturbance and that just, just that. And he loves to grind your gears, doesn't he? When you think about the things that have happened to you, I know that some of us have gotten mad. Some of us have gotten upset. Some of us maybe even have cried. You may have shook your fist towards God and say, how about this? Come on. Can you not hear me? If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Luke chapter 5. If you want to flip there, turn on your phone and get there, or flip in your Bible, we're going to be in Luke chapter 5 in just a second. But now let me ask you this question. With all these questions, let me ask you this. When those things happened, did you post it on social media? Did you text a friend? Or did you call a friend that would only give you the answers that you were looking for? Or did you blow up? Or did you just bottle it in and keep sliding deeper and deeper into a depressive state and say, no one can help me, I'm all alone, I want to stay isolated. Listen, Satan wants to keep you isolated. When he gets you isolated, you feel alone. That's exactly where he wants you. Not community, not this. He wants you to feel alone. But yet people in here right now feel alone because they believe lies from Satan. Because the quality time with God is not there in their life. You need God to speak into you and say, I love you. You need to look on that screen and say, there is no one higher than the God that I serve. You need this outpouring from God into your life. Otherwise, this life will shake you, toss you, cut you, tear you up, and spit you out sideways. You have to have that time. So do we, do we keep slipping deeper and deeper? Or did you, did you go straight to the King of Kings? I wrote this down and it's all caps, so I have to say it loud. It says, did you go straight to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and fall flat on your face and cry out to the one who spoke this world into existence and say, God, I need you to hear me. I need you to love me. I need you to just pour out your spirit on me. And I need to spend some time with you and just worship you. Instead, we fix our own problems. 
Instead of laying face down or opening God's Word and say, God, how would you speak to me today on a daily basis? And I know when we, when we do a lot of our reading, there's a lot of history people that like history and they like the Old Testament. And, and the, new, the New Testament is of the New Covenant. And, and I love the, the Gospels and I love the, the New Testament stuff. God sent me to Leviticus this week. Have you, do you know what Leviticus is? In seminary, this is their definition. We studied Old Testament, Old Testament survey throughout the Old Testament. Leviticus is just dry. It just is. Okay? There's a lot of information. Uh, there's not a lot of battles going on. It's very dry. It talks about weights and measures and sacrifices and you have to wear this and this and this when you worship. And it, it, In seminary, my, my professor defined it as Leviticus is where reading your Bible through in a year, dreams go to die. It's just dry. Okay? So I'm reading and God says... I was looking. I, was, I, I bounce with the, with the Scriptures wherever it tells me to look when I'm studying something. It sends me to Leviticus. I'm going, oh man. There's no wars and battles. I'm going to read about flour, right? No, so wrong. But to yourself, without grinning or without smiling or nodding your head or saying, mm-hmm, did you spend any, any quality time with God this week? See, we often... We often I have people often, they come to me and they say, Matt, this and 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 this are wrong. Okay. Okay. Life has happened. Life is tough. Life is hard. And I'm not saying that everybody that says this is a liar, but just listen. Just listen. I say, have you prayed about this? Oh yeah, I've prayed about this. Whoa. Oh yeah, I've prayed about it. When you give that kind of answer, oh yeah, I've prayed about it. I said, no, no, no. Have, you, have you literally sought God's face? Have you asked God to speak to you? Or is your, quali- is your quality time with God only exist in you reading what you want to read, praying what you want to pray, no time to listen to God, and you just plug your ears and you just go on with your day? That's not quality time. Quality time in a loving relationship of somebody. Anybody speak the love language of quality time? Anybody like it? you're loved by spending quality time? Okay, that's good. There's people in here. But you guys know as well as I do, if you spend quality time, if that's one of your love languages and you spend quality time with someone, you, it's not, you don't feel loved when you just hear someone else talk the whole time or you do all the talking or whatever. It's the joint communication. It's been said that we have one mouth and two ears for a reason. We should listen twice as much as we speak. That's not easy. <laughs> Especially when you get into an argument, right? I don't want to be right. How many? This is not. This is not for a hand raise. But did you spend God, or did you spend quality time with God before you got here this morning? Did you pray? Did you read His? Did you read His Word? Did you ask Him to speak to you? See, too often we just say, "God, you're not listening," and God's just up here saying, "Listen, I just wish you'd spend some time with me, so I can show you, so I can teach you." This is hard. It's very difficult because life happens. We try to solve these problems on our own. I'm going to let you know on a secret. You ready? You were not created to do that. You were not created to handle the problems on your own. At all. You go back to the first human. Genesis chapter 1 and 2. When God creates Adam. 
God's first name is Andy. We've talked about this before. Andy walks with me. Andy talks with me. That's God's first name. You'll get that about lunch. It's okay. But Adam was in the garden. God created him in his own image. And Adam breathed life into his nostrils, the Bible says, and became a living human man. I'm not going to get into the decision if he had a belly button or not. Because this doesn't matter. So... Adam is in the Garden of Eden. Some of you are thinking about that. Just let that go. You can think about that later. Adam, Adam is in the Garden. And the Bible says that God walked and talked with Adam in the cool of the evening and in the morning. And he always had a relationship with him. Why does he do that? Because soon in the Scriptures, God is going to say, Adam, it's not good for you to be alone. I'm going to create Eve. By the time God creates Eve, Adam had a complete understanding of exactly what a communication quality time relationship looked like. If you are a man and you are leading your household, you better be seeking God's face to lead them correctly. That's how it works. We are called to be not spiritual little guy fighters. We are called to be warriors for our family. We are called to be... And by the way, warriors don't always swing swords heavy. Sometimes they have to. But most of the time, a warrior is the first one to hit his knees. A humble servant to teach our families. God wants us to spend quality time with Him daily. Sometimes it's every hour. Sometimes you and I understand that there have been days that you find yourself just going throughout work, whatever you're doing, going, God, help me with this person. <laughs> God, help me with my attitude. God, do the, help, help me. Help. And it's a continuous act of prayer. And pretty soon you've spent six, seven, eight hours, a working day, praying to, praying to God every couple minutes. And you don't even have to do it out loud. There's some blanks in your, in your worship handout. I want you to check this out. Look at the very first one. Look at, look at the very first blank here. In your life, the, what does quality time mean to you? Does it seem like a myth? In your relationships, if you, listen, if you, you need to find out who you're in a relationship with, you need to find out how and what languages they speak. So you can speak them so they can feel your love. That's how it works. But in your life, spiritually, what does quality time mean to you? Uh, I read the Bible. Okay, that's good. That's good. <laughs> it's a really good place to start. Do you, do you talk with God? Do you ask God to open your eyes before, before, you, before you read something? Do you ask God? Do you take, do you take notes? Do you... You go through different different things. Do you you say, God, I I, I want to understand this. Teach me something. Teach me teach me how you want me to change. It's a, it's a constant analysis on us when we spend quality time with somebody perfect, a perfect father that loves us. He's going to he's going to just by his reflection alone show us where we need to be better. Do you need to have more quality time? Do you need to seek out God? Does it seem like a myth? There's no way. There's no way. There's no way somebody can actually have time to do that. Because we're a real church, we're going to let you in on this. Sometimes, I don't think that I have enough time. No one ever says that in here. No one's ever used that as an excuse. I don't have enough time. I'll tell Mary. I don't have enough time to do this. I don't have enough time to do this. And God will remind me, even though I don't want Him to, 
he's doing it to teach me. And he says, oh, that's funny. Uh, you caught 15 crappie with so-and-so at Ren Lake this week, and last week you played nine holes. Yeah, but God, I, we start... The, yeah, but... Yeah. We're like our kids, aren't we? Yeah, but... Are you going to clean your room? Yeah, but... This song came on the radio. Yeah, but... We have these excuses. The truth of the matter is, if time eludes you, the time is there, it's a priority problem. If you really take and break down the seven days and the 24 hours a day, and and whether, whether or not you actually sleep eight hours a week or eight hours a day, and that's not very many of us, and you see how much time is really there, it will scare you that you don't spend more time with God. That you don't spend more time with your kids. What is quality time? What does quality time mean? Maybe it's a candlelight dinner. Oh, I know. Oh, man, I'm not made of money. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Mary and I had candlelight dinner uh, sometime last fall, I think. I said, I'm going to take you on a candlelight dinner. She goes, we don't even have a babysitter. I said, oh no, I said, put the girls to bed. <laughs> I told you. I told you that we have like two tablecloths, red and green. So come in Christmas, we have tablecloths. Okay? So I got one of those out. I got a candle and I got a deck of cards. Somebody asked me, why do you, you're a pastor and you play cards? Yeah, because it's fun, okay? So, <laughs> I haven't registered any Texas Hold'em poker tournaments ever. So, here we go. So, I have a deck of cards. Mary likes to play rummy. We sat, we moved the camera to the side. We literally sat there and we played rummy and she kicked the snot out of me like she usually does that in Yahtzee. She beats me. And we spend time talking with one another. That was it. It doesn't take a lot of money it takes effort and it takes prioritizing it right. In college, my idea of quiet time or quality time with a, a, a buddy of mine is we would literally be up because college kids have wild hours. We, we were up at you know 2 a.m. playing PlayStation. The first one, the original one, comes in a gray box, played a CD. It was a big deal for those of you that do all this cool stuff now. And we were playing Tiger Woods because that's what you played then. It was a big deal. So we were out playing and he goes, man, I'm starving. And we spent a lot of quality time driving about 25 minutes into Columbia, Missouri just so we could go to a Taco Bell that stayed open all night. Quality time. Nothing says I love you to me and my best friend at 2 o'clock in the morning other than gorditas. I talked to him this week and I said, hey, you need to come over sometime. We'll, we'll like fall asleep at 10. We'll set an alarm for 2 and then we'll get up and go to Taco Bell. I said, because we don't stay up that late anymore. But just through that conversation, he began to say, you know, that was, that was a lot of fun. Maybe it's sitting on the couch doing nothing. Maybe it's watching a movie. Maybe it's doing something with, with your kids. Maybe whatever. But you will spend more and better quality time with your spouse or friend if you let your quality time with God flow over into those relationships. I guarantee you. I promise you. Examine your time with God. How special is it? Does it even exist? Having a daily quiet time with God is one of the hardest things for even a follower of Jesus to do because this world pulls at our time. 
pulls at it. It is one of the hardest, but it is also absolutely the most rewarding thing you can ever do for any relationship that you have. You'd be a better employee, or you'll be a better boss. If you're, you can be a better boss to yourself, I think. If you're your own boss, okay, you can better be a better better boss to your to your employees. We have to be purposeful. Look at the look at the next blank. Spiritually, how sacred is your quality time with God? Do you read that? Yeah, 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 yeah. I read my Bible. I read my Bible through five times. Five times, you know, whenever I was 30 and 35, and I was, really, I was reading, reading a lot, and blah, blah, blah. Listen, how sacred is that? Does it take... We're getting ready to start something really, really awesome in my house. Maybe in your house. And I don't... Get, listen, I know that there's different teams that are liked in here. But we're getting ready to start baseball season. Cardinals. And... Um, not a Cardinals fan, don't take me off your prayer list, okay? I still love you. Alright, so listen, spiritually, how sacred is your quality time with God? I'm up late at night, maybe I didn't get up, maybe I had something, I had a meeting early in the morning, I didn't get up and spend time with God, and I'm sitting on the couch with Mary, and I'm like, oh, the baseball game's on. Maybe Wainwright's got a no-hitter going into the seventh inning, I'm like, I have to stay up and watch this. Listen, watch it, watch. Listen, we're all guilty of this. And he keeps going deeper in the game and keeps going deeper in the game and you want to keep going, you want to keep looking, you want to keep watching. What if what would our world look like if instead of instead of doing having all of this emphasis on something like that, what if we had that kind of emphasis on God, thank you so much for speaking to me through your word today? Yeah. It would be awesome to see a no-hitter. It would be it'd be really cool. But how sacred is it? Something that's sacred doesn't get messed with. doesn't get messed with. How sacred is the quality time you spend with your family? Listen, I've told you, I've told you more than one time, and there's people in here that can, that, can, that can vouch for this. You can come over to my house, and I can show you a whole lot of animals that I've, I have taken with my bow and arrow and a gun through, in, this, in two countries on this continent and in another continent. Okay, that's, that's, that's cool. At one point in my life, that hobby almost cost me her. Because my priorities were jacked up. Out of whack. Not good. And there's some people. Chuck Adams is a famous bow hunter. I've read his book. In his book he admits, he goes, I gave up all of my family to accomplish the hunting things that I did. Openly admitted and understands it. And then he says, I'm not sure if I made the right choice. This is tough. How important was quality time to Jesus? Moments before He was arrested, condemned, and crucified, we find Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane on His knees, sweating blood, talking with His Father. It was something He wasn't messing with. Oftentimes He withdrew. We're going to see that in a second. How, he, how busy Jesus was, and then how He withdrew. If you have your Bibles, open to Luke chapter 5. Listen to this. In the first part of chapter 4, before we get to chapter 5, in the first part of chapter 4, a quick rundown. He begins a ministry in Galilee. He preaches and he's teaching. He even heals Peter's mother-in-law along with many, many others. In verses 42 and 44 of chapter 4, he travels and preaches throughout the country of Galilee. The first part of chapter 5, he's, this is a story where he tells Peter to throw his nets on the other side of the boat and he calls Peter to be his disciple. 
Jesus is busy. Busy, busy, busy. You want to read a really good book, 12 Ordinary Men. It talks about probably 18 to 20 months that Jesus really spent really impacting and really discipling 12 men that would change the face of history. Quality time was insanely important to Jesus because He knew that that quality time is a time that you can teach. And when we get into a relationship with God, that quality time is so God can teach us. It is. You, you will spill out something that God has shown you in Scripture, in relationship. If you are in right context with God, it will come flowing out of you. And you, you people that do this on a regular basis, you're, you're sitting there going, yes, yes, yes. You can walk up to somebody and say, you know what, God really shared this with me this week. Let me pray for you. Or do you hear about a situation and God just speaks to you? He wants open communication. He wants a lot of quality time. Not to mention all the stuff that Jesus does in the first part of the chapter for 40 days, Satan tempts him. I love, I love that. Watch this. And some of you are going to go, well, Jesus is God's son and he had the mind of Christ. Okay, watch. Every time Jesus was hungry because he was human, 40 days, he was hungry. Jesus would get tempted by Satan, and he would, and every time, every single time, every single time that Satan would say, Listen, Jesus, if you just bow down, I'll give you all this stuff. Jesus responds with scripture that he learned from quality time with his father. He says, Jesus, Satan says, Jesus, if you just bow down, I'll give you all this stuff. And Jesus looks at him and says, Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. If that does not get you excited, it should. Every time that Jesus combats Satan, it's with Scripture. Some of you get knocked down by this world and you say, I just can't defend myself because you have no ammo on your belt. I'm not talking about ammunition that's physical. I'm talking about spiritual ammunition. I'm talking about this thing comes up to you. Here, I started something crazy. So you can pray for me about this, alright? Mary and I, we start eating better. I hate diets with passion. I wish, I wish by like hunting you would lose weight. Okay, I, that's that's my that, fishing. Uh, this is a great workout. This, you know, especially the big ones. Okay, it's purposeful. There's a reason that we want to do that. Speaking of fishing. Right before we talk about verse 12 in chapter 5, Jesus says, Peter, I want you to throw that net to the other side. But Jesus, <laughs> we, but we have fished all night and we have not caught anything. And He says, throw it on the other side of the boat. <laughs> We're not told if Peter reacts like a teenager. We do not say if he goes, <sighs> okay, I don't know. But he does it. And the net almost breaks with pulling in the fish and then he realizes who is talking to him. And, he's, and Jesus tells him, Peter, you're no longer going to fish for fish. You're going to fish for men. And Peter, it says Peter dropped everything and followed him. This was a guy that he could just... Quality time. Look at, look at chapter 5, verse 12 on the screen with me in Luke. In one of the villages, so this is after Jesus is crazy busy. In one of the villages, Jesus met a man with an advanced case of leprosy. If you do not know what leprosy is, I'm not going to get into the disgusting part, but here it is. You ready? 
Leprosy was considered to be a curse from God. You did something wrong, you got leprosy. That's how it was figured out. Okay? There was no known cure. It, it, it affected the nerve endings on the extremities of your body. So a lot of times you would see people, and I don't mean this with any disrespect at all, but you would see people walking around without pieces of their fingers or hands or arms. Or their extremities would fall off. It was very, very, very contagious. It, can, it could cause death simply by rotting you to death. This person is not one that you and I are going to walk up to and say, Hey, you want to come hang out today? This is a person that has to put a sheet over their entire body. As they walk through town, they cover with their face. And one hand they lift up and they, they have to yell, Unclean. If someone touches them, it's contagious enough, you can catch it, but if someone touches them, they are ceremonially unclean and cannot do anything in worship. Big deal for a Jewish person. Huge. Can you imagine if you had to walk through the mall on Christmas Eve, unclean, and no one wanted to be around you? Wow! Wow! Advanced case. It's all we're told. We don't know how it's affected him, but when the man saw Jesus, he bowed his face to the ground begging to be healed. What did he know? He knew who Jesus was. Jesus was busy doing his ministry. His word had spread. People knew who he was. That's why he was so busy. If you had leprosy, you could go to the priest, and if they, and there's a whole in Leviticus chapter 14, there is a gigantic place on what you had to do, and it is insane. It's just long. You had to do this, and you had to do this, and you had to do this. If they, if they were bad, they were exiled and banished from the town. If the disease got better, they came into town. They would do all kinds of of sacrifices and oils and stuff like that. And then they, if they were all better, then they could be released back into into town. If not, they were exiled, banished until they died. Period. Done. That's how they get leprosy colonies. All these people would just join together. When the man saw Jesus, he bowed his face on the ground, begging to be healed. I'm going to ask this question to you. I want you to answer to yourself. When is the last time that you begged God to heal you, help you, to show you what you need to do better? When is the last time that you said, God, I don't have it all together. I don't care who you are. We lost Billy Graham last week, 99 years old. 99 years old. If you, let me tell you something. If you watched this funeral, you watched a worship service for Jesus Christ. That was incredible. I would beg to have my children stand at a podium or stand at a lectern at a funeral home or this church and, and say the words that they spoke about their father because he was always available and he was always teachable. What a, what a, what a celebration! came from Billy Graham having fell on his face every single day. God, how can you get me closer to you? What do you want to change in my life? Spending that quality time. How can you change me? And he uses this word. He says, Lord. Capital L in your Bible. This man is referring to Jesus Christ as Lord. King healer. It's possible. When's the last time that we spent quality time with God sitting or laying face down on the floor saying, God, you are able to free me from this addiction. I trust you. 
I'm, I don't have a great time at work. I have, I'm having questions about this. Does he know that you call him Lord? Does he know that you understand and believe, God, you can heal me? God, you can help me? Listen, he said, if you are willing. He never said, if you're able. He knew he was able. You walk up to Jesus, Sir, Lord, God, if you are willing, can I tell you something? I want you to remember this. I don't care what's going on in your life, what kind of problems, issues that you have. God is 100% able. Not always 100% does He take you out of that immediately or ever. That's just how our faith is grown, okay? Listen, but if you are willing, we need to say, God, if you're willing, He's always willing. He's always willing. Willing, you can heal me and make me clean. When's the last time that you were on your knees in, in alone? God, man, I've been struggling with this for a long time. Let me get through an hour. Let me get through half a day. Let me get through a day. Let me celebrate a month. We started on a dare in February. I haven't had it. Some of you still are praying for me or something. But I, I have not had a soda in over nine years. Now I know some of you are going, oh my goodness. Okay. I didn't, I didn't say I gave up coffee. That's weird. I gave up soda. But look at this. If you are willing, God is willing. God is willing, but he wants, he, this is what He wants to see. He wants to see Matt do this. God, change me. That's the quality time that He's seeking. He's seeking you and I to enter into a relationship so closely and so full of quality that He can change us. And the man says, you can heal me and make me clean. Jesus it, it, was an affirm, it was an affirmation of, you are God, you can change me, I believe you can, let's do it. <laughs> right? Let's do it. I'm not making fun of it, but this, this man was probably reaching out with members of his, his digits were not there. He said, I believe that you can heal me. I believe. You, man, we can go to a basketball game, and you can jump up and down with 500 kids and go, I believe that we will win, I, whatever. I know. I've been to a game where they said that a little too early. When they got beat. But here, this guy says, if you're willing, you can. Sometimes we tell God, God, I've had this addiction for 25, 30, 45 years. I'll never be able to get rid of it. You're not saying that God can. You're saying, I can't give it up. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. 13, look at this. To a spiritually, ceremonially, 100% by the priest of the town, unclean guy, Jesus reached out and touched him. What does that tell us? That it says, if Jesus will reach out to a person with leprosy, He will reach out to you and me today and say, Dude, I've been waiting for you. <laughs> Come on. Let's go closer. Let's get deeper. And Jesus says, I am willing. No flashy dancing, no running, no hot laps around the temple. Watch this. Be healed. Because in John 1.1, 1, 1, the Son, the Word in John 1.1, 1, 1, speaks.
spoke the world into existence. Everything was created for Him, through Him, by Him. And He says, be healed. You know why Jesus can do that? Because He's Jesus. He was coming as an example. And He said, I, I understand what you're saying, man. Be healed. Instantly, the leprosy disappeared. <laughs> you want to go back and see that live? All because a guy understood reached out and touched Him. Are you willing to let God heal you? Are you willing to spend time with God? Are you willing to do what God wants you to do or do you want to play Jonah? You want to keep playing Jonah? I know what you have for me, God, but I'm going to go this way. Listen, I've traveled... Just hear me, please. I've played plenty of parts as Jonah. It doesn't work. Stop doing it. I was so impressed this week. I got one of the most unbelievable looks into Scripture from God this week. Unbelievable. And when I got to this part, I said, God, I've played Jonah so much. And He said, tell the people. Tell the people. (laughs) Quit playing Jonah. If we understood what God wants us to do as a church, you would never want to play Jonah. Jonah, when he ran, saw nothing from God. When he finally decided decided to go to Nineveh, the whole town got saved. Are you kidding me? God, we have God is doing so much at this church behind the scenes right now with His people. You don't even have an idea, because I don't, and I only know some. God is changing people. He's moving people. Do you want to do what God wants you to do or are you going to keep playing Jonah? Listen, I don't care if you're 10, 12, 15, 17, 80, or 97. Anybody older than 97 here? I don't think so. I don't care how old you are. Don't play Jonah. Don't say, God, um, I know that you want me to do this, but uh, I'm going to do this. Our world is not going to get any better. The stuff that's happening around this country is not going to get any better. Every day we get one day closer to Jesus Christ coming back. I can't wait. Hallelujah. But there's people that I love that do not have a relationship with Christ. And until He comes back, we will do everything that we can. We're sending out 20, 20, 20 of our little younger than youth people out this Saturday to minister in our community. 20. That's awesome. You know what they're going to be doing? Some of them? Scooping horse poop. Got that? Why? They said, I want to go where I want to serve. There's one girl that, that came up to, to Jennifer, Barbie, and that leads our kids rock, and she said, I really want to help in the, in the homeless shelter. This kid's in like third grade. There's a need for an army of children and youth and young adults and adults to come and be raised up. Man, I'm ready. Let's go. We have, we have these things that God says, I want you to spend time with me and then go. And look in verse 14. He says this, Then Jesus instructed him not to tell anyone what had happened. Right. <laughs> Let's just picture we have leprosy. We're missing a couple fingers. Jesus touches us. Everything grows back. says He's completely healed. That means growing back. And he goes, hey, by the way, uh, don't tell anybody. Have you ever noticed that whenever Jesus tells someone to not say anything, the first thing they do is not just tell people, they usually start yelling. 
they run through a town and tell everybody. The, 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 woman, the Samaritan woman ran through the town and she told everybody. This guy, don't tell anybody what happened. He said, go to the priest and let him examine you. Those are the, that's the priest that give the final word that they can be back in town. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses. That's in Leviticus 14 if you want to look at that. For those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. Do it the right way. Jesus didn't come to... He didn't, man, listen. He didn't come... He didn't say, don't tell the priest. He said, tell the priest. He followed the right rules. It was how the guy would be reinstated. Look at verse 15. He says this, But despite Jesus' instructions, every single time Jesus heals someone, He says, Hey, hey, I'm really busy the rest of this week. Just keep it down a little bit. Despite, this is like a four-year-old. Hey, clean your room. Other way. No, 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 no. No, really, clean your room. Don't tell mom we got our yellow dishes. Mom, we got your yellow dishes. Despite Jesus' instructions, the report of his power spread even faster, and vast crowds came to hear him preach and to be healed of their diseases. Why? Because they knew if they spent quality time with the Savior of the world, he could heal them. They were spending that time with him because they wanted to be around him. How many people want to be around you because of your relationship with Jesus? This is a hard question. This is really tough. How many people want to be around you? How many people do actually listen to you? Based on how you follow Christ. All this stuff. Listen, Jesus could walk around and He could be like ESPN and you can hit the game winning shot and the cameras go on you and you, you pop your jersey like this and you've got your own shoes and He's got... It could be Jesus merch tables everywhere. You know, Jesus, the original Superman, okay, whatever. Oh, He could have all of this stuff People kept coming and kept coming and kept coming and kept coming. And he was pushed. Even in one part of the scripture in verse in chapter 4, there were so many people that Jesus had to get into a boat because they pushed him into the water. There's so many people. Do you see how contagious Jesus is? The power of him. Jesus did not come to make endorsement deals. He came to be a humble servant. He showed us how to walk. In verse 16, look at this. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. I'm sorry, what? Man, Jesus, you should, be, you, should be, you should be riding your new Ferrari through town. Nike picks you up on your new Jerusalem cruisers. Ride them through town. Wear your Jesus shirt. Jesus, everybody wants to be around you. But Jesus had His priorities perfectly aligned. Why did He go to the wilderness? Do you know why? There's no one there. No one's there. And I think that He went to the wilderness, or we're told that He goes to the wilderness often to get away. It's very, very difficult to have really good quality time with God if there are people around you that are pumping and puffing your ego. Because, now listen, hear me. When we, get, when we withdraw with God, it's one-on-one. I don't care if you hit 50 home runs in the major leagues next year. I don't care if you scored more goals than Wayne Gretzky did in hockey. I don't care if you threw three no-hitters in one season in the major leagues. Like, I don't, I don't, listen, 
at the end of the day or beginning of the day, whenever you are with God, none of that matters. It's you and Him. It's you and God. The quality time. Look at your worship handout. Our quality time should be uninterrupted. That's why Jesus withdrew to the wilderness. He wanted to be alone. Listen, if you're a morning person, this quiet time, quality time is easy. You're already up before everybody else anyway. If you're one of these people that operate like at 2 and 3 a.m., maybe you're in college. I don't know. But you have that time. I find it's easier to, to look at God's Word in the morning. It helps me for that day. Um, I think that Satan uses a tactic that if you read your Bible at night, some of us would say it's better than a NyQuil sleeping pill. Satan doesn't want you to read the Bible. Why wouldn't he cause you to go to sleep? It's uninterrupted time. It's focused time. Okay, look at the next blank. It's focused. It's uninterrupted. Our, time, our quality time with God needs to be uninterrupted. It needs to be focused. Now... Sometimes we carry our stuff into our quality time and, and we're focused on, God, I really wish you'd change that person because I'm sick and tired of what they're doing. Whoa. This time is not about that. This time is, God, did I act wrong in that conversation? Because I want to take ownership if I did. Do I need to go apologize? Do I need to, do, I need to do this? Show me. You tell God to show you, He's going to show you. Period. Flat out. Now, when you tell God to show you, this is what you might hear. Something you don't want to. I don't want to change. Mm-mm. No. No, I don't want that. I like that. That's my secret. I like that. It's my secret sin. Woo. Love Him. Right? Uninterrupted. We need to be focused. Look at the next blank. Last blank. On this one. It has to be real. See, when you take away the frills and the thrills... And all the cards at the table. And you're sitting here talking to God, the perfecter of our faith. And you have His Word that He authored. (laughs) And you're talking about yourself. You're looking into a mirror that reflects perfection. And when we look into that, we don't see perfection. God's mirror shows us our imperfections so we can become better. And we don't like what we have. We 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 don't like all this. But let me tell you something. At Connection, we will always be real. Always. There's too much fake junk. God's love is real and we're going to proclaim it is real and we're going to be very real that we all have stuff. We all do. I sent an email to a person this week and they said, this is going to be a huge deal, this is going to be a huge deal. I sent them back two sentences and I said, this is how we do this in our church, blah, blah, blah. And they said, I love our church. It's simple. It's real. Okay? We love God and our job is to show other people that. Look at the very last blank. I've said this a couple times on the sermon. But our quality time with our loved ones should overflow from our quality time with God. You want to love your kids better? Love God more. You want to love your wife or your husband better? Love God more. You want to love your friends better? Love God more. Prioritize. It will come flooding out of you. You'll be, I'm telling you what, this might scare some of you, but if you spent more quality time with God and there was a situation that came up at work and one that you would normally be really, really, really smart aleck and you just sat there and you held your tongue and there are people there that will be like, dude, this is when you say something usually. People will notice it instantly. They'll notice that it comes just flowing out of you. Our quality time with our loved ones should overflow from our quality time with God. 
You want to have a better quality time with a person that, that loves that way in your relationship? Love God more. Love God first. Love Him. I asked Lydia this week. Lydia, do you know how much I love you? Not as much as mom. And I let her, I let her keep going. She goes, well, not as much as mom. And I said, you're exactly right. Well, I love you to God and back, is what she said. I said, I love you too. I would die for you. I would do anything in this world for you. But I love your mom more than you. And she goes, is that because you do or God wants you to? This kid is sharp. And I said, that's a way that God has prioritized it because one day, a special boy, is how we call him, a special boy will come along and he will love you more than me and your mom can. That's how it's set up. That's marriage. That's, that's, that's a love. But, this, but that, kind of, that kind of conversation overflows from me understanding what God thinks about my, my, me and my wife and our marriage. It comes out of an understanding of what God wants from, from me to learn from His Word. You want a better quality time with your mate? You want to love somebody better that speaks that language? It starts with you and God and it overflows out of that. It has been wonderful spending time with you this morning here. Wonderful. And there's smiles. Because smiles are contagious. Listen, I understand this is some heavy stuff. Heavy. But this is good stuff. What could God do with a church where its members said, God, we will step out on faith on what you want us to do. We will step out financially. We will step out working jobs. We will step out in every way that we possibly can so that you are known and we make much of you. Wow. Wow. Let's pray. God, we thank You this morning. Thank You so much for the people that are here. God, the people that aren't in this room, God, but they're taking care of the little ones. God, those precious little children that we have. God, I, I thank You for the worship that we heard. I'm thankful for the band. Thankful for the people that took out the trash. Thankful for the people that handed out the worship handouts, cooked popcorn and brewed coffee. Thankful for the people that scrubbed the bathrooms and teach our little kids about Jesus. I'm thankful, God, that there's a youth group that will meet after this church and two people that love them enough to pour their lives into them. I'm thankful, God, for the sacrifices that other people make financially and time-wise to come to connection. I'm thankful for the gas that they spend money on to drive themselves to this church. I'm thankful, God, for the ability to just spend time with people that want to honor You in such a way. God, above all that, thank You. Thank You that we can meet together. You and us. To have quality time together. and Help us love people like we may have never loved people before. In Your name we pray. Amen.